It's a great privilege to be here uh, today and to gather. I, I wrote yesterday that uh, I really look forward to these, and I, I hope you do. Uh, it's it's good to it's good to just see people and uh, to be able to talk. Some, especially for those of us that are more introverted than others, we need people more than we realize we do. And uh, we think, oh, if I could just be alone, then it will be everything could be all right. And then you get alone, and you think, oh, nothing's right. Uh, so I don't know if there's anybody else out there like that. I'm certainly not married to one, but she is. The Christian faith is not only reasonable, it's useful. Uh, when I've been asked rarely, uh, why do you believe this? It, it is the most reasonable explanation to me of what we see, uh, of human behavior, of the creation, of the way history has worked. And, and it's also useful. It, it is a light to our path. It, it tells us about relationships and about family and about dealing with other people and how we are, are to live. And here in the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 5 of Matthew, uh, in the Beatitudes, we have a perfect description of, of something that's not lofty philosophy or even uh, very, very deep theology. It, it's useful. These uh, seven Beatitudes at the beginning of the longest sermon that we have recorded of what Jesus preached in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. I'll reread them to you beginning in verse 1 of chapter 5 of Matthew. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And for today, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So ends the reading of God's holy word. Each description here, each, each uh, statement is a description of a true believer. And you know if you've been with us or you've studied this, the word blessed can be translated for us happy. It's, it's not talking about a momentary happiness, but a deep joy amidst any circumstances, regardless of whether they are painful or whether they are uh, good circumstances, we might say. And so the description of a citizen of heaven, of a true believer, of a true Christian, is not what we would expect. I assume, perhaps, that some of us have an idea that happiness would be the absence of worry, the absence of pain, the absence of stress, and we may try to achieve it by cutting us, ourselves off from those things that produce worry and stress and pain. And so I can just get those things out of my life, if I can just escape those some way, put some distance between me and them, uh, then, then I will have a certain level of peace or happiness. But that is why many uh, imagine that they can be blessed when they do not have to think about all the, the bad and stressful things that happen. I just close my ears to what's happening uh, around me. I don't know how many of us, I won't ask you to raise your hand, that'd be kind of interesting, how many of you have 
deactivated Facebook and quit watching the news. I mean, I, don't raise your, raise your hand. Has anybody cut back our, a number? I, I, probably about 30% of us here. I, I'm quick with math, I can tell. I mean, I can see right there and count, but uh, it's like, I, I just can't take this anymore. Uh, this is not producing anything good in me, uh, I, uh, what's being said. A few days ago, I was driving on Bass Road out near uh, the four-way stop with New Forsyth Road and Bass near Ace, Ace Academy, and I saw a person in a car off to the side of the road, had his flashers on, barely moving. I, I assumed he must be having engine trouble and pulled over. There's a lot of traffic, so he was there was not, not much of a median. He was on the grass. So I drove, drove on past, and then I started feeling bad about it. I've got a tow strap in the back of my car, and I thought, oh, I could at least pull him up to the one of the parking lots of McDonald's or toward Bass Pro, something like that. So I turned around. Uh, I went back and expecting to see the car right where I'd seen it, but it was further up, and it was trying to get into a parking lot there where that little chicken, that chicky-looking restaurant, you know, right there. Y'all don't, I don't even know the name of it. Sorry. Anyway, I, I, I pull up and I say, hey, I've got a tow strap. Well, when I pull around his car, his front right tire shredded. I said, oh, that's the problem. He said, we can't move this. You're destroying the rim. So the guy got out and I said, well, here, let's, let's open your trunk and get a spare. It's a BMW. He said, these cars don't have spares. I said, what? He said, yeah, this particular model, it doesn't have a spare tire. So sitting there trying to think what to do and call a tire place. They said, it'll be $120. We've got a tire that size. And he says, I don't have any money, and I don't have a cell phone, and I'm trying to get to Atlanta. So I stayed there with him about 15 minutes just trying to think how to help this guy. And finally, he couldn't do anything. He said, look, you go on. I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'll figure something out. Now, why not tell you that? That is not my natural bent. I really could care less about something like that. And if you're like me, I've got, I had something I wanted to do. I had somewhere to be. And uh, I didn't need that inconvenience, but I felt bad for the guy. And I thought, what if that was my wife or what if that was one of my kids? I would want someone to treat them. I would want somebody to help them. So I took encouragement from that, that well, maybe God is at work in my life. Because that's not natural. When we come to, for me, when we come to the Beatitudes, that's the case with all of them. None of these, if you read them and say, that's not me, that's true for all of us. He's describing something or some people that are very foreign to our natural way of thinking. Well, what is mercy? What is mercy? We're just going to be very brief before we come to the Lord's table. When we look at the Bible and you think of words like grace, and compassion, pity, and we kind of blend those all together when we talk about mercy. But they're really not the same. In the New Testament, Paul, as he would open his letters often, especially to Timothy and Titus, he would begin with grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace. So he was, he was differentiating between those. Here's, here's what I think on a, a very simplistic definition of what grace is and what mercy is and how they're separate. Grace refers to the unmerited favor of God towards sinners who deserve punishment because of our guilt and our sin. 
It's the unmerited favor of God. Y'all know that definition. You've heard it many times. That's what grace is. God's riches at Christ's expense. But mercy is also unmerited, but it is compassion or loving kindness extended to those in pain or distress. So while mercy is a term that stresses God eliminating sin and the guilt of sin, mercy is the word that's used of God to relieve the consequences of those sins that we experience in this life. If the grace of God contemplates man as guilty before God, the mercy of God sees us as in a needy position needing help. Mercy and grace are are closely connected, but they're not the same. Let me give you uh, an example, a hypothetical example. Well, the first part's real, and then it will become hypothetical. I was driving, uh, these are car illustrations today. I'm sorry, I've got two of them. And I was, uh, it was, it was starting rain, road was slick, and I was going down a hill and there was a red light. There was a traffic light at the bottom of the hill that was green, and then as I came over, it turned yellow, and I thought, oh, I got it. And the road was just, you know, when it first starts raining, that's when it's the most slick. And I put my brakes on, and I thought, oh, I'm not going to slide. I know I'm going to slide through this intersection. And thankfully, the car went, whew, and I stopped right there as the light turned red. And I sat up and I breathed a sigh of relief only to go, bam, because I got hit from behind by somebody who couldn't uh, stop. So I got out of the car. If I wasn't a Christian, I would have held my neck and limp. But now I walked back and uh, the, the woman had her window down. She said, I am so, so sorry. I am sorry. I tried to stop, but I, I couldn't. It was, the, the road was too slick. I said, it's okay. Now, I said, don't worry about it. And that's grace. That, that's grace. Not uh, If there was forgiveness to be given, I was just saying, look, I don't hold this against you. You, you know, you couldn't stop. I, if I'd had somebody in front of me, I might have hit them. But what if, and thankfully it wasn't the case, but what if the woman was bleeding from her head that she had hit the steering wheel? And then after saying, I'm so sorry, will you forgive me? I, I, I didn't mean to. Yeah, it's okay. Everything's fine. What if she said, will you help me? I said, yes. And so I'd call 911 or I'd I, uh, get some uh, paper towels and water and say, here, clean yourself up. And can I call your husband for you to come and, and help you? That's mercy. Grace is saying, yeah, forgiven. But mercy is, okay, you're forgiven, but now you've got a problem. God, help us in our condition that my sin has gotten me into. You see the difference? So mercy, here's, here's the definition, and I want you to repeat this in a moment. Mercy seeks to help those in pain and distress. Can you say it? Mercy helps to seek those in pain and distress. So it's different than grace but it is closely uh, related to it. It seeks to help those in pain and distress. And, and so there are loud voices today that accuse the Christian church. Well, you, you fundamentalists or uh, you, you Bible believers, you, all you want to do is save people's souls, but you could care less about their physical needs. You're, you're interested in the souls, but not their bodies. You know, you, you want to give them spiritual food, but not physical food. Nothing could be further from the truth. History doesn't bear that out. It is a straw argument. But I don't know anyone who has come to faith in Christ who, with that, as a result of that, doesn't begin to have a raised consciousness of the needs of others. 
Now, we know the greatest need, the greatest way to show mercy to a person is to introduce that person to Christ. That is the greatest deed of mercy is to evangelize. But following that, it's like, how can I help you? So that's why our church corporately has done so much and continues to do through the years and Strong Tower and in Pleasant Hill and rehabbing houses and, and, and uh, helping people and helping people with jobs to, to get jobs and, and, and so many other things. And so many of our mission works are evangelistic works, but they always bring with them deeds of mercy. That is just a natural result of a transformed heart. We are all in need of mercy. You and I are weak, frail, needy people. And we need God's mercy. James, in the book of James, refers to the terrifying notion of judgment without mercy. If we imagine standing before God and being held accountable for our sins, and if there's nothing but God's justice matched against our sin, that is a terrifying scene. And that is what James refers to. That would be judgment without mercy. So we need mercy, beginning, first of all, from God. So where does a merciful heart come from? Well, it starts with God himself. If our hearts are naturally self-absorbed and hardened toward others, then God causes us, it says, it is according to his great mercy, it says in 1 Peter, that God has caused us to be born again. If you're a believer here today, if you're a Christian, it's because of the mercy of God that God has shown mercy toward you. And he didn't have to. 1 Peter 1.3 says, The saving mercy of God gives birth to a transformed people who in turn reflect this mercy to others. We reflect it to others. Mercy begets mercy. So as his children, we reflect God himself being rich in mercy. God revealed himself to Moses as the Lord, a God merciful and gracious. And so those who are blessed here in the Beatitude are those who are marked by showing mercy to other people because we've been shown mercy. He produces us in us. Jesus spoke often about those who received grace and mercy. And as a result, we're to show it to others. You, I won't go through it now, but the parable of the forgiven servant who then went out and demanded after he had been forgiven this large debt, he goes out and demands a smaller debt be repaid him from another. And that was exactly not what should happen. So in conclusion, as we come to the Lord's table, the promise here in this beatitude is blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. From who? Well, from God. We'll receive mercy from God. Not because we have shown mercy from, uh, to others, but because that mercy that has been shown to others is as a result of us having received God's mercy. It's a cyclical thing. Once individuals experience God's mercy, then it remains on us forever. We will receive mercy. Christian, if you live with fear that what is God going to do to me after I die? I know I'm trusting in Christ, but I fear that there's a promise here. You shall receive mercy when you stand before him. What changes us? Then how does God, if you say, I, I've, I'm just not this type of person being described. I'm trusting in Christ, but how does God change me? Last thought. 
Well, he does it as we grow in, in knowing his love. We, we're watching uh, in our culture a lot of demands for changed behavior in a variety of areas. And maybe it's just because it's an election year for the president. Maybe that's a large part of it. But people demanding that other people be a certain way, act a certain way, talk a certain way. Listen, you cannot oppress people into changing their hearts. You can change behavior with threats and by bullying people. You can make someone stop doing something, but you can't change that person's heart. Oppression will not change a heart. Bullying doesn't change a heart. No one can force you to be merciful. No one can force you to be pure in heart. No one could oppress you into that. It has to be a change that comes from the inside out. And what motivates it is love. Love will do things that oppression and bullying never can do. I told you uh, some years ago about a story I heard. It was written by uh, a man who had served as a major in Iraq. Can you believe, you know how many years our military's been in Iraq? 17. Some of you young people here, all you've ever known in the news is our military of us having forces in the country of Iraq. But Dr. Uh, Major Eric Fauché was uh, a major there with our military in Iraq, and he told about something that happened to a unit he was serving with, and this unit would patrol a certain area, a certain geographical area, and there was a particular village that was very, very poor, had lots of children, and they had nothing. And he knew of a, an elementary school back in the States from where he was from, I believe in Texas. And they donated a lot of children's shoes and clothes and stuffed animals. So they had arranged for these things to be sent over there. So he and his unit had these things and they decided to take them to this particular village. And so they went down the road in convoys and it was their pattern then that they would give out these clothes and these stuffed animals to, to the children. Um, so the kids had never seen anything like this. They just were elated. When they were elated, they got these, these gifts, these stuffed animals and the, these clothes. And, and so they, they're all excited and the unit leaves the next day. They're going back through and they have to pass through that same, that same village. And they're driving down the road and they, they had to travel close to 30 miles an hour and they see a little girl standing in the road, right in the middle of a narrow road. And may radio back to the command and say, hey, there's a girl standing, a little girl standing in the road. He says, you can't stop. You do not stop because it could be an ambush. And they said, well, she's right in the middle. He said, you do what you can to avoid her, but do not stop under any conditions. So they were able to wheel the vehicles off to the side of the road and slow down to about 20 and they went right by her and she never moved. She's standing there hugging this stuffed animal like this. And when they drove by, they saw that she was standing straddling a landmine because one, someone had seen and expected the American troops to come back the next day and they had planted that bomb right there in the road. And that girl was doing that to keep them from driving over that spot. What motivates somebody to do that? Oppression? Bullying? Force? No. It was love. It was love. She had received mercy from those shoulders, soldiers. 
and she is returning it. Let's pray together. Our Father, none of these Beatitudes are our natural bent, but we thank you that you are transforming us in Christ, through faith in Christ, into these people, preparing us to be citizens of your kingdom in heaven. And we ask that as we've been shown mercy, we'd show it to others. Perhaps even today, there are people within our spheres of influence that have needs that, that we might could help. And we ask that we would be sensitive to your Spirit's promptings about that and uh, recognize that as we have been recipients of your great mercy, we'd also be those who extend it to others. In Jesus' name, amen.